that are carried away in the other room. The Freedom Room. If you're not exactly sure what I mean by the Freedom Room, sometime this feast, <coughs> stick your head in there while they're playing fast music out here. That's the Freedom Room. And there, there's barrel racing, there's all kinds of things going on back in there that you would not believe. But that's the feast. That's excitement about the feast, right? So, <coughs> howdy y'all from Texas and the land down under. And the reason I say the land down under, because some of you who are actually from Texas, you hear an Australian say, howdy y'all from Texas, and under your breath you go, and he ain't from Texas. So. <clears throat> but we have um, people that will translate for you. If I say an Australian word, we'll get a translator to help you out with that. So, hands up if you believe that these glasses help me see far into the future. Let's see. Oh, okay. All right, let's try something easier. Because hands up, <clears throat> this is your first Feast of Tabernacles in this room. Anybody? Oh, wonderful. Look at that. <clears throat> All right. So <clears throat> we want to bend over backwards to help you have the best feast possible. All those people who didn't put up their hand, they've been here before and they know the ropes. It's like if something's going wrong, you just grab Dale. All right. And if you can't find Dale, then you grab Wilson, right, over there. So, <clears throat> but we want to make it the best. So if you have, if you've got difficulties, see Dale, he is just, he's like a big cuddly teddy bear. He'll, he'll do anything in his power to help you out have a good feast. So, <clears throat> our goal, I don't, I don't see our sign anywhere that used to say churches helping churches, but, oh, it's, oh, I thought it was in, I need my glasses, hang on. Oh, yeah, there it is. No wonder I couldn't see it. I didn't have my glasses on earlier. Okay, so, you know, churches helping churches, but individuals helping individuals, and people helping people. So, last night at sunset, God's Rejoicing Festival officially began, right as the sun set, right? And I know you, a lot of you were out there watching the moon rise, but I'm talking sunset. Now, did any of you start rejoicing before the official starting point? Anybody? Yay! You don't have to wait for the starting point. You start rejoicing as quick as you possibly can. And Dale, I mean, he was rejoicing days and days and days ahead of the feast, I tell you. But <clears throat> Jesus and his Father want us fully believing that it is super okay to rejoice a lot at this festival. Now some people grew up <clears throat> in weird places like Australia, right? And, and to go and have a really good time and rejoice a lot in a formal setting, right? A lot of people go, oh, yeah, I know, I read, the, I read the words, yeah, it says rejoice, I've, se I've seen it, I've seen it, I've read the words, yeah, I know, it says rejoice. You know, but deep down inside it's like it just doesn't seem proper to be rejoicing. Right? <clears throat> but, but they're up there rejoicing. The Father and the Son sitting on the throne, looking at all their festival sites, looking inside your heads, looking in there in the freedom room, you know, and they're going, yes, we are going to multiply this in every town, in every city, all the way around the world as soon as Jesus gets back and starts setting up the thousand years of peace and prosperity. Deuteronomy 12.12, 12, you shall rejoice... You shall, see, he had to make a commandment. If he said, <clears throat> now if you want to, you can rejoice. It would be okay. No, he commands rejoicing. So if you have a day or two that go by and you just feel like, ah, oh, just, I just couldn't get, get in the spirit. I just couldn't get my rejoicing going in the last couple of days, then you're violating his command. So he really, really seriously wants us to rejoice before the Lord, your God, you and your sons and your daughters and your male and your female servants. 
Now, how many of you brought your male and female servants? Husbands, don't put your hands up. That wouldn't be good. Right. Oh, I saw that. Boy, you're in trouble. Verse 26. And you shall spend that money for, notice this shows up twice in the same verse, for whatever your heart desires. Wow. You mean I can seriously rejoice with that money? Yes. For oxen, for sheep. <clears throat> you know, you get those out of a restaurant nowadays. You don't. Okay, for wine and similar drink, for whatever your heart desires. There it is, second time in the verse. And you shall eat before the Lord your God. It's a, it's a rejoicing because of who God is and what God is doing. And this festival <clears throat> is a forerunner. This is a warm-up. Right? Last year, those of you who were here, you were warming up for this year. This year, those of you who are here, you're warming up for next year. God willing, that'll work out. And then the next year, and somewhere out there, five years, 10 years, 15 years, I don't know. You don't know. But the real McCoy will be in Jerusalem, and a lot of you will be there hovering, hovering. You won't need chairs. We don't need chairs for angelic heavenly bodies. We just... We just get them up in the air and hovering and then we call all the people from Egypt and all those other places and we say you sit in the chair right so <clears throat> it's going to be fabulous I can't wait to hover Whew, it's going to be great okay so it's a little harder for some to rejoice <clears throat> like your children right make make an extra effort to help your child rejoice in the way he rejoices don't, don't make, make him watch Fox News or something like that. You know, help, him, help them to rejoice in the way they want to rejoice. Galatians 5.22 shows us what Jesus and the Father are like. The fruit of the Spirit, now we often read this verse another way. It's like, this is supposed to be me, right? The fruit of the Spirit is love. Okay, we've got those two scriptures in the Bible that say, God is love. Now, <clears throat> That's not all there is to that. It's just they wanted to pick one word to describe what they are like. But they're also love and joy. You suppose God is unhappy? I mean, he, he knew all this was going to happen. He Look at Revelation. The book of Revelation says, I'm going to let it happen. People are going to try and destroy planet Earth. I'm going to let it get up to the brink. And then I'm going to say, enough already, stop. Stop the madness down there on earth. And Jesus will descend on a white horse followed by angels on white horses. And God willing, I'll be on a white horse too once I rise out of the dust or whatever. However I get up there, I, want, I would like a white horse. Because I look, look weird just sort of vertically floating along, right, while everybody else is riding white horses. So I'm hoping to have a white horse. Okay, so love, joy, peace. See, these are all attributes of God's nature, right? Love and long-suffering. Oh, boy, has he been long-suffering. Right? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Now, we're to be growing in these things more and more like their divine nature through practicing Holy Spirit actions. We come here, we live in a community for eight days, we get opportunities. I need to apologize to some of you. The last couple of days I've been down in the mouth. I've been, you know trying to conserve my battery power for here and now. And if, you know, if I fall off halfway through the sermon, then my battery power didn't last. You know, but. So Jesus and the Father want us all happy. Why? We could go to a comedy show and come out happy. Right? Oh, they were great jokes. Yeah. Happy and learning the joy and the happiness ways of eternal life. Because once you cross over, once you're in the first resurrection and you cross over, there won't be one unhappy bone in your body. And how do I know that? Do you want any bones? <laughs> They'll all be boneless, right? You won't even have a bone to pick, see? It'll be great. But, but you know, we are destined to live in fabulous bodies and to live happy, joyous, abundant, loving, peaceful, long-suffering, kind, goodness, faithfulness, never-ending, never-ending. In this life, things end. Good things end. You get, people get married, and it's fabulous. 
and you have children, and that's awesome. And they grow up and go far away, and you know, life changes. But in the kingdom, life is joyous and happy for all eternity. King David loved hearing and meditating on God's word. Psalm 1611, you shall, you will show me the path of life. That's what we're doing here. We're going to see all kinds of scriptures. We're going to have all kinds of speakers. We're going to have different angles on way to live and behave and, and, and prepare for the next year coming up. <clears throat> show me the way, the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So they're saying, <clears throat> save your money, come into the group, come into the eight-day festival, and practice fullness of joy. Now, for young mothers, you know, it's, it's not the easiest time. And, and I used to, my wife was so concerned with three young, small children, and, and it was like, are you having a good time? No. <laughs> okay. What can I do to help, you know? Anyhow, but, but as the children grow a little more stable and capable, right, then they begin to rejoice and everybody in the family begins to really get back into the swing of things. But there are tough times and, you know, if you can help a mother with small children, be there and help them in any way you can. So we're growing to be more like their divine nature. They want us happy and learning because it's better to learn when you're happy, right? I mean, if you are all downright angry and mad, how much would you hear of what I say in the next few minutes? Very little. Be like, grumble, grumble, little, you know. And, and so he wants us happy because that's, that's who they are. That's who we are going to be 24 hours a day. You know, they don't even count it in hours and days anymore. It'll be like endlessly. And, you know, surely nobody's going to come up to somebody they knew and say, can't you be unhappy for just a second or two? <laughs> you know, it's just, they're just going to be, you're full of it. See, we're going to hear a lot of that. You're full of it, right? So <clears throat> pleasures forevermore. So we're here to practice the way of life that's coming up ahead of us. And, and it's like, if you went, if you turned on, anybody turn the TV on this morning? Anybody see the news? Any? It's, it is really hard to stare into that thing and go, oh, it's wonderful because there's almost nothing in that thing that's wonderful, right? Anyhow, Psalm 119, 162. I rejoice, King David. I rejoice at your word. That's, that's what God the Father and Jesus are wishing and hoping, that we'll come here and we'll, somebody will point to a scripture or another scripture or a meaning of a Greek word or something or other, and, and we'll rejoice at the word. We'll rejoice at the perspective that we and our children are going to have kind of the Donald Trump dream. Make America great, right? How many of you would like to see America great again? Anybody? Yeah, of course we would. And that's why it rings a bell with so many people. But, but Jesus is saying through the scriptures we're going to be looking at, I am the creator of the universe and I know how to make it great. And it starts with each person being loving and peaceful and kind and gentle and helpful to other people. And, and that's going to be the leadership in the world, new world. Nowadays, it's almost anybody in leadership says something, I figure it's probably a lie. It's just like, who are you going to believe? Who are you going to trust? Well, here it is. This is who we're going to believe and this is who we're going to trust. Because Jesus came to earth and suffered mightily to bring the word. And it's 2,000 years old. Nobody's been in your Bible erasing things and adding things, which they do on TV all the time, right? <clears throat> the Constitution of the United States of America is almost obliterated. It's still there in print in a museum somewhere, but almost nobody pays any attention to it. So I pray that many of us will be doing these things, rejoicing at your word and finding great treasure so that you'll take it with you, not just in the moment, but take the treasure with you and have something kind of like kryptonite glowing within your being that lasts, I know kryptonite was bad for Superman, right? But anyhow, what's another substance that glows but makes you feel good? Battery charging. Here, I got my battery charger up here, right? You know how you feel when your cell phone runs out of battery power? Uh, right? 
You know when you've got it fully charged and now you can do great things with your cell phone? That's the feeling, right? We're hoping you'll take that feeling away with you. Luke 6, 23. Rejoice in that day. This is Jesus speaking. Rejoice in that day <coughs> and leap for joy. Right? Now the young people are doing this, right? I don't suggest you older people do this. I think this could ruin your feast if you're not careful and you know, there are stairs and there are railings and things. So be careful if you're going to leap with joy. Indeed, your reward is great in heaven. So he, you know, we can look backwards and we can go, oh man, life was really rough in that year and that year and that year and, you know, or we can look forward, which is what they want us to do, look forward to how fabulous it's going to be. Now, I drive through cities and I see a church on all four corners. In the millennium, you drive through a city, if you're driving anymore, right? But anyhow, <clears throat> no churches on any corners except the one true church, the church of Jesus Christ. Right? It's going to be, it's going to be, and nobody will be learning the wrong stuff. They'll only be learning the true, great, wonderful, rejoicing ways of life. Jesus' new life would not be easy for us. Right? <clears throat> Just because we smile when you come to the feast doesn't mean life is easy. In fact, you know, if you, if you are blessed enough to be able to leave most of your life totally behind you when you get here, you know, and then just drink in the euphoria of the joy that's going to be in the days ahead, the eighth day will come soon enough. We will get in our cars soon enough and we will head back to the problems of life. So I pray that many of us will be doing this, finding great treasure in the next eight days. Jesus says, rejoice and leave for joy. Jesus knew life wouldn't be easy. So John 16, 33, these things have I spoken to you that in me, in Jesus, in the great I am, <clears throat> you may have peace. Now it's got to be a different kind of peace than the regular kind of peace. Right? I remember back in the old days we would drive the children to the Day of Atonement. We had three children. They'd sit in the back seat. And the two parents sitting in the front seat driving to a day of atonement, we had peace. Sometimes so much peace that we were tempted to look around and make sure we hadn't forgotten to bring the children. But on the day of atonement, those three children were different beings altogether. And we had peace. So, so when Jesus says peace, it's, it's a peace you have, to, you have to tap into. It's like an app on your phone. It doesn't work unless you, you access it. Right? And obviously you, you can tell I know nothing about cell phones, but anyhow, <clears throat> these things have I spoken to you that in me, in Christ, in your worship of Christ, you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Oh yeah, that's true. But be good cheer, <clears throat> which is a British expression, right? Be of good cheer. Right? See? Not too many British people here. Okay, we've got two British people here, right? They're going to have to explain some of this, yes, because th these people haven't learned their English properly. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus controls planet Earth and everything he allows or disallows. And so whoever becomes the president, it'll be because God allowed it or disallowed it, however that worked out. And, and we are going to the fulfillment of days to where the beast and the false prophet are thrown in the lake of fire and the battle of Armageddon is over. And then there's nobody else that's going to challenge Christ because he's in charge of the whole earth, he's in charge of the whole world, he's in the universe, everything. Oh, I almost forgot. <clears throat> Are there any, any young people here? Any young people? Hey, there's a young people. Oh, there's some there. Okay. <clears throat> I've, I've asked for a special delivery to come here today. And it's coming soon. And, and I'm just not sure when it's going to get here. So when you see a delivery man arrive, <clears throat> I want you to, to wave at me and point in the direction of the delivery man. Can practice you waving at me. Practice, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Oh, we got a live wire bunch here. All right, <coughs> so um, when, when the package gets here, we're gonna put the package, package up here so you can see what the package is and what the package is all about. And uh, oh, just so you'll know, <coughs> these, these here, all of these, what do they look like to you? Money, money, right. Somebody in the front row said one dollar bills. Okay, I want you all I want you all to think of these as fifty dollar bills. Alright? Woo! Yeah, that makes it a little more exciting than one dollar bills. Thank you very much. <laughs> Giving away my secrets there. 
<coughs> okay, so let me know when the package arrives and point to the delivery man when he gets it. Jesus, okay, so... <coughs> um, okay, Matthew 25, 21. It says, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. There's just so many joy references, rejoicing, joy, that sort of thing in the Bible that, that you can't possibly cover them all. So he's, he's just saying, whatever you're experiencing last year, even if you're having trouble and difficulty, and I see some people walking with difficulty here, that pain, that agony, that suffering is going to stop. The plan is we take your old body away just after we've given you your new body. Nobody wants to be left stuck without a body, right? So, so <clears throat> your new body is going to be unbelievable. It's going to be a joy, a rejoicing body, right? And, and what I don't understand is how Jesus is going to be able to control the crowd the split second after we realize we're not in human bodies anymore. Right? It's like, ah, it'd be, it's kind of like the freedom room there. Get a, get a glimpse of that. So, <clears throat> when our godly race is over, we will be entering joy unspeakable. John 15, 11. These things have I spoken to you that my joy, this is the day Jesus is going to die. Oh, 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 fantastic. Got a delivery here. Thank you so much. Got a delivery of joy here. You seem so enjoy. Oh, Why are you yeah. so happy? Because I have joy. I, uh, uh, no, I no, no. Thank you. Thank you, you delivery man. Thank you. Great you. Time. Great, great, great. See you. Joy. Yeah. Go get your own joy bank. <sighs> sometimes. Hard to find good help sometimes. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> We'll get to the joy bank in a minute here. These things have I spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. So when you leave the feast, right, when you drive out of here, when you finish with this festival and you drive home, <clears throat> Jesus wants his joy to remain in you day 9, day 10, day 11, day 12, on down into the rest of the next 12 months. <clears throat> remain in you that your joy may be full. Right? <clears throat> and most people, it's like, I just can't see myself getting out of bed every single morning for the next 365 days just beaming with joy when I have to deal with reality. Right? <clears throat> and it's like the app on your phone. I should have brought my phone up here, but I, didn't, I was afraid it was going to ring. But anyhow, <clears throat> um, with an app on the phone, like my GPS maps on my phone, it's like I can be driving along the road and totally lost if I haven't turned on the app for the, the, for the map. And then uh, if I just go, I want to find, you know, this place. It goes, boom, here it is. It's like, oh, why didn't I do that in the first place? Anyhow, <clears throat> so um, <clears throat> how many of you think it's possible to save joy up like you save money, right? And... Like if these were $50 bills like I'm dreaming about and, and I had a spare $50 bills this week and I put that in the bank, right? So can you do that with joy? I got a one yes down here in the front. I got a lot of skeptical people. It's like, and what? You take a little piece of joy and you go put it in your bank, right? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's what I'm... I'm saying that God wants us to be doing at the Feast of Tabernacles. Um, John 17, 13. But now I come to you, and these things, Jesus, this is fi Jesus' final public prayer in the group, I come to you. He's going to die shortly, and he's going to come to the Father. These things I speak, what I'm saying here, and this is why we rehearse a lot of this on, the day, on Passover day, I speak <coughs> that they, that's us, all the people that would be Jesus worshippers after this time, may have my joy filled in themselves. And so, <coughs> is this true for us? Are we, is our joy box as full, or our joy bank as full as it could be? Now, if you don't put a $50 bill in, can you expect to take one out when you run short next week? If you didn't put it in, you, it's not in there. It's an empty box, right? So <clears throat> the idea is 
when you do your Bible study morning and, and evening or whenever you do it, when you go to Sabbath services, you know, you, sh you should be looking for treasure, joy treasure, in, and, and I can't, <coughs> I, I don't have a good example except money, because we all understand money, another $50 in there. Okay, we all understand money, but, but joy is like somebody cracks a joke, right? <coughs> I only know one good joke, and I'll tell it to you later. I don't have time for it now. Anyhow, when somebody cracks a joke, you, you smile, you laugh, you say, oh, I feel good. I'm breathing deeper. Oh, this is wonderful, right? But a couple of seconds later, it's gone. Somebody runs over your toe with a shopping cart or something. And now life is different, right? So Jesus is saying, I'm going to leave the scene, but I want my joy to remain in people. And so he created the biggest, most fantastic festival, you know, visible festival, Pentecost is bigger, but <clears throat> this is the biggest visible festival, um, to, to remind us that, that he is not an angry God. How many of you ever thought God was an angry God? Anybody ever thought that? Yeah, yeah, lots of people have. And certain churches, it's like, he's going to whoop up on you good if you don't light the candle or if you don't take Passover <clears throat> by... I saw it on TV just the other day. I wanted to throw up. But anyhow, <clears throat> the, the guy dips the little wafer in the goblet of, of wine and then the person comes up to him and he hands them the little wafer and they take the little wafer and they move down the assembly line and they, I guess they chomp it down or something, but they didn't drink anything. And it was, it's supposed to be on Passover night, it's supposed to be the Passover bread and it's supposed to be the Passover wine. And, and I did go to a Roman Catholic church one time. Whoops, I wasn't supposed to say that word, was I? Anyhow, I went there, and um, four or five people went down the front. And in that case, the guy dipped the wafer in the wine. They opened their mouth like a little bird, and he put it in. And I, I went, I've never in my whole life seen that before. And I'm so thankful we don't do Passover that way. Oh! Anyhow, but it's, it's all twisted and it's messed up and, and there are lies coming out of almost everywhere except out of our Bibles. And that's why we've got to find treasure in this word. We've got to hear treasure from messages here at the feast. We've got to see treasure by reading it and learning it. If you've got uh, the, the Bible on tape in your car, then that's another great way of getting little treasures day in and day out. I like to listen to a lot of Christian music. You know, when, when, when the praise and worship thing came up, I went, yeah, I love that, because I've been, I got a praise and worship radio station back at home. It's almost always on my car radio. And, and it's like, they're praising Jesus, praising Jesus. Now, it's true, they got some of their doctrine twisted around, but when they praise Jesus, they praise Jesus with the whole heart, which is great. That they also need to praise him with true doctrine. That would be good, too. But Jesus wants his joy fulfilled in us. Jesus was saying... Joy for the moment, yes, but continuous joy on a daily basis. So <clears throat> um, just like I'm saying when you put another $50 bill in here, this is going to be worth for a lot of money up here, right, if you have a good imagination. All right. <clears throat> so but, but he wants us to be charged up like we charge up our electric razors or we charge up our cell phones. Or look, How many things do we have nowadays that have to be charged up? Right? And so, and that's, that's, you know, people didn't have that for the last 1900 years, so you don't read in your Bible, be sure and charge yourself up, because it wouldn't make any sense to anybody. But now we're in the 21st century, and he's saying, charge yourself up with joy. Now, each one of us is so different, you're going to have to figure out your own way of charging it up, and there is no joy bank like I have for you in front here. Your joy bank is inside your head. Now, I'm not a neurosurgeon, so I can't show you where it is, right? And you wouldn't want me to show you where it is either. But, but it's inside your head if you want it to be. If you don't want it to be there, it isn't going to be there. And, and so you have to say to yourself, what is my daily habit practice in, in uh, Bible study? You know, I got a little place in the house, and I have, it's a circle. Like, I sit in the chair. It's like climbing into the cockpit of a plane. But I get in there, and then I've got my Bible and some notepad and a pens and a reference Bible. I've got eSword on a computer, and it's, and it's all there. And if the phone rings, I don't answer it. 
I just, I'm just, I'm locked in. I'm, I'm way out in space and I'm gathering treasure. Oh, look at that. And I said, I got to look at the Greek that quick. Where's my e-sword? Look at the Greek. Oh, man, that is exciting. And, and I, you know, I go, and now I'm only going to stay here for three quarters of an hour because I've got to do some other stuff. And an hour and a half goes by and I go, all right, enough already. I, I got, I'll do some more treasure hunting tomorrow. But today I've got to go get some stuff done. So in Psalm 119, 162, again, I rejoice at your word, which is what Jesus is wanting us to do. Now, you can rejoice at Jesus. And we've got a world full of people rejoicing at Jesus. But he doesn't know them. You, you have to rejoice at the Jesus concept mixed with the words he teaches. And he doesn't want you to just give your heart to Jesus and then float on by. He wants you to change how you treat people. And, and <clears throat> treating people 100% with love and joy and peace and no rudeness and all those other things in the Bible is tough, tough going. And about all you can do is do your best in one day and then get some sleep. And in the morning, you've got a new slate, all wiped clean. And that's why I love to do my Bible study early in the morning. And, and then you go, okay, when I meet people, I need to treat them extra special because I serve Christ. And he served me, and he wants to serve a lot of other people. And so if we don't pay any attention to Jesus' words, but we just want to praise and worship Jesus, we're missing the picture. The picture is become like they are. Not only just in joy, but in love and in all those other things that we're supposed to be doing. Paul and King David want us meditating and finding godly joy in finding great treasure in the scriptures. Philippians 4, 8. Whatsoever things, long list here, are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, good report, any virtue, praiseworthy. Meditate on these things. Get these things in your mind. And this is part of how you put your, <coughs> your joy into your joy bank, right? You, you learn it, you meditate on it, you think about it, and you store it up. Now, you know, I gave you a little bit of my, I, I, earlier, I don't know whether you noticed or not, I took out of my joy bank in my head, I took out a little picture of Ian riding a white horse following Jesus. He's way out there ahead of me, and there's angels everywhere, and there's you, and there's you, and there's you, and you're on horses, and there's a guy I know who's been blind since birth. Never, ever laid eyes on another human being. I want to be next to him as we're rising to meet Jesus in the clouds. And I want to grab him by, what, do they have lapels when you're in a, do angels have lapels? I don't know. Anyhow, I want to, I want to grab him as, he's, as, he's get, as his new body and his eyes start blinking and stuff. And I want to pull him up close to my face and say, hey, remember me? And he'll go, wait, I know the voice. You're that weird Australian from down under. Yeah, I know the voice. Ah, I thought you were much taller and looked much more handsome. <laughs> but anyhow, it's going to be great for him and, and to see lots of other people and people with arthritis and, and all kinds of ailments, to see them whole and perfect and full of joy, radiating joy, radiating love, you know. So... The, you know, this is just a quick list here of things you can go and, and you, know, <clears throat> you know, whatsoever things are just, the Bible. There's all kinds of good just stories in the Bible. Lovely, pure, of good report. You've got to dig them out of the treasure, dig them out of your Bible. And, and you can go back to David slow, you know, kill Goliath. Oh, whoopee. How's that going to help you with your groceries next week? Not very much at all, right? But, but the future, Paul says, you know, festivals are shadows of things to come. And this festival is looking forward to that great festival, you know, when Jesus gets up and speaks. You don't have to listen to Australians then. You hear Jesus speak in pure God. Oh, and as, what about the things he's going to tell us about the next thousand years? You know, oh, I can't wait. It's going to be unbelievable. All right, contain your joy. Put your joy in the box there. Okay. All right, so it's good to have past joy. I'm not saying don't dwell on past joy. Past joy is a little glimpse of the really big joy out in front of us, right? Past love, glimpse, things out in front of us. <clears throat> out ahead of us, each of us, the going is going to get tough. 
Now, do I have to convince you of that? How many of you think next year could be tough, right? That, you know, in the aeroplane, when, when the guy locks the, you know, controls on descent over the Alps and then locks the door to the cabin, there's only one end to that story, right? Down and down we go. Well, we know the end of the story for mankind because God has given us loads and loads and loads. He's given us Daniel 11 and other chapters. He's given us Matthew 24. He's given us Thessalonians. He's given us the book of Revelation. We have got so much we can't even contain it. But, but he said, <clears throat> when the final curtain closes, there's Jesus. There's the Feast of Tabernacles with Jesus in Jerusalem being worshipped, the great king being worshipped. And that's, that's where everything around you is pointing to that great king worship when we, we, we see Jesus with our new eyes, right? <clears throat> I can vaguely see Jesus into the future through this, but in those days I am going to see him as, as he is and he will see me as I am and we'll all see each other in glorified state. You all look pretty good as it is, but no, I'm talking really fantastic glorified state. Okay, so... <clears throat> We need to reach inside of our joy banks and draw from that joy that is set before us in the weeks and the months ahead of us. Now, money, if this was a $50 bill and I just wanted to take um, you to dinner, there it is. I have, I have what it takes. Okay, when, I'm, when things are going badly, is it, is it possible that you could mentally go to your joy bank and say, this looks really bad. I'm just, I'm just going to go, maybe you could have a little book that says my joy bank. Or you, or you could have a place or a, a special book that brings you scriptures to, li to life for you. And you go, I need a pick-me-up. Now, how many of you have said in the last two weeks, I need a pick-me-up? Anybody? Yeah, sure, right? Okay, but that's for our bodies. Our stomachs are grumbling or whatever. We've got a headache or whatever it is. Right? But spiritually speaking, he wants us to go to the joy box and say, my, I want my joy to, to be filled within them. And, and if you're down here looking at planet Earth and your TV set and all the horrible, terrible, wicked things that are going on on planet Earth, even from the so-called best people, right, who, who just enjoy lying to us with a straight face. It's like, I, boy, I clicked that off in a hurry. I can't stand that. Okay, <clears throat> so... Um, Jesus did this, right? He drew from joy that he didn't yet have. He drew from joy that he knew was out ahead of him, right? In Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, the joy that was set before him could he see it? Could he feel it? Could he touch it? No, because it was yet to come. Now, he may have had memories, and I'm sure he did, of how great it was in the beginning, back in the beginning, but he'd been living in a human body for three, 33 and a half years, and this says <clears throat> there was a joy set before him. Okay, let's take our joy bank. There was a joy bank in his mind, from his studies of scriptures, and who knew the scriptures better than Jesus, right? And he said, this next 24 hours is going to be the most excruciating, horrible, terrible thing. I created all these people, and they want to destroy me. You know, what thanks is that? You know, but he knew. He knew their minds weren't ready for the truth. And so, <clears throat> in his mind, he had put enough joy, you know, bills, whatever, <laughs> Chunks of joy, I don't know, what's a good word for that? I don't know, chunks of joy, I like that's like chunks of pineapple. Put some joy in there. Okay, <clears throat> but he had enough of it to where he knew that after three days and three nights, boom, never again. Never again walk in bare feet on rocky soil. Never again feel the heat of the cold or whatever, you know, and never need sleep again. Oh, I'm looking forward to that, right? Sleep is a waste of time, isn't it? Not really. Not really. It helps replenish and build your body and get you started again another day. But, I'm, you know, 
I hope I don't have to sleep. I don't want to miss anything in the kingdom. It's going to be awesome. All right, so looking under Jesus. Notice the last part of that verse. He said, it says, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, can we see that? Can you see right now in your mind's eye or close your eyes or you know, look up through the ceiling? Can you see Jesus, our loving, glorious Savior, Redeemer that gave everything for each one of us? He's sitting on the throne. Is he joyful? Oh, yeah. Is he full of love? Yeah. Yeah. Is he chafing at the bit to get this thing over and done with? And you know what? ISIS, as horrible as it is, it's getting this thing moving. It is getting this thing moving because it's going to come to a head in the Middle East and then Daniel 11 will be fulfilled and then the beast power out of Europe will be fulfilled and the Battle of Armageddon will be fulfilled and then there'll be peace. Peace every single day, forever and ever and ever thereafter, because Jesus is the bringer of great peace. So, <clears throat> this here at the Feast of Tabernacles is the greatest draw near to God festival ever. In James, he says, 4 verse 8, draw near to God. Okay, the fact that you brought yourselves and your families to a feast site to worship the King, to worship Jesus, is an attempt to draw near to him by doing what he said. And we've got a scripture in the Bible. He says just, in a sense, he's saying, to paraphrase it in, in modern American English, Australian, he's saying, he's saying, don't bother to call me Lord Jesus if you're not going to do what I say. And, and there are billions of people on the planet. Oh, Jesus, I love you, Jesus. Oh, let's dance and sing and clap and, and let's just enjoy Jesus. Right? And he's going, if you would just obey what I'm telling you. That's, I gave these words to be obeyed. And part of the words that come to the Feast of Tabernacles, keep the Sabbath day, love your neighbor as yourself, tough going there sometimes, you know, and help people is, is, you know, and don't cheat and lie and steal and all that stuff. And people go, I love you, Jesus. I'm going to steal just a little bit here. Okay, it'll be, Jesus loves me, this I know. He'll overlook my shortcomings. Well, don't count on it. You know, he's, he gave us the words so that we can develop the divine nature. So James says 4, verse 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That is a, you can take that to the bank. That is an absolute total truth. Now, you could say, all right, then I'm going to try this out. I will go and I will draw near to God for like 15 minutes and see what happens. Right? And with an attitude like that, I believe he actually moved closer to you, but not so close to slap you up the side of the head. Right? He, he moved a little closer like he promised he would. But he's going, boy, I wish I, if you were clothed with humility, if you came near me recognizing your shortcomings and how far you fall short of being Jesus-like, Christ-like, God-like, right? And isn't that the plan? To become Christ-like. Isn't, isn't that what we're going to be learning here? Um, you know, helping each other, serving each other, contributing, and, and talking about the great, wonderful things that we've learned so far, and we are learning, and we hope to learn in the future. So, draw near to God, and this is a giant promise from God Almighty. He will draw near to you, and we're doing that. But again, you have to access the app on your phone. You have to go, I want to suck up some of this treasure, right? Instead of, I'm forced to sit here and listen to this Australian speak for an hour or so, and then I can go have some fun at last. You know, the whole thing is draw your head, your brain nearer to Christ, put more joy in your joy bank, because in the days ahead, it's going to be really helpful to be able to pull out another fake $50 bill and spend it, because it's going to be really good. In Malachi 3.16, Then those who feared the Lord spoke often one to another, what they talk about? What those people talk about? Doesn't say, does it? It just says, those who feared the Lord. Ah, maybe there's a clue there, right? What would people who feared the Lord talk about? They talk about God. They talk about the future. They talk about serving and helping and other people and how the planet is going to be so totally, totally different 
from just like the founding fathers set up America and the Constitution and all that stuff, and they said, oh, we die for freedom. This is good stuff. If the American people would just be vigilant, this will be fabulous. And it has been, and it was. And then vigilance died. And Constitution, nobody, almost nobody knows what the Constitution says anymore. And they, and they bend it and they twist it. They say, in the Constitution it says this, this, and this. It's like, just like people do with the Bible. In the Bible it says this, this, and this. And you go, oh, show me that. Oh, it's in there. <laughs> yeah, you can't show me because it isn't in there. And the Lord listened. They spoke often one to another. And the Lord listened and heard to them. Okay, is the Lord going to listen to us people? Your name, my name, us people. Is he going to listen to us tomorrow and the next day and the next day? As, and last night, he had to be listening. He, there were people out in the parking lot, and I thought, those people are drinking themselves silly. You know? And there, I, I don't think there was any alcohol out there. There might have been some. But anyhow, <clears throat> they're all looking up at the moon, and it's like, well, this is a moon worship cult or something. What is going on here? But, but, but I listened. I moved up closer to some people, and, and they're talking about life's experience in God's churches. So the Lord listened and he heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord, i.e. when he says, this is what I want you to do, you go, yes, Lord, I humbly obey what you tell me to do. It's not easy. You know, loving your neighbors and helping and doing all that good stuff. It's just easy to get a bag of chips and turn the TV on, right? It just is easy. But, but Jesus wants us actively serving and helping others. So a book of remembrance was written for him before those, uh, before him who were those who meditate on his name. Okay, I'm saying, I'm saying you're putting your joy, your $50 bills into your joy bank, your chunks of joy into your joy bank, is a lot of that comes from meditation. You go, well, <clears throat> wow, you know, what would Jesus do? And you don't just wear it on your wrist, you actually want to know what would Jesus do, and then he tells you what he would do. Verse 17, they shall be mine, says the Lord, on that day that I make up my jewels and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. It's, you know, he's, again, he's looking to that fabulous, joy-filled future and he's wanting us to know you're going to be there. You're going to be there. You're going to be there. So whatever you have to face this coming year, if you're faithful and you've got these things meditating in your brain and every now and then you take a chunk of Jesus joy out of your joy bank and you activate it. Is that what you do with apps? You activate them? Something. Anyhow, turn them on. Whatever. I like the old light switch. You, if you want the light on, you just go to the light switch and boom, light comes on. Nowadays, you get a smart charge card and it says, slide it in here and wait. Like, wait? It's electronic. Why well, I got to wait? But you've got to stand there like a fool and wait for it to do whatever it does. I like the old swipe card. You just, pew, done. I'm out of here. Yeah, but anyhow, pet peeve. All right, so <clears throat> he wants us looking to the day when he makes up his jewels. Right? There's no better time for banking than at the Feast of Tabernacles here in the next eight days. There's no better time for those who fear the Lord talking to each other. And, and you, I don't know whether you you realize it or not, but God is listening to that because he treasures us. He treasures people who take him at his word and are prepared to do what he, he wants us to do, which is develop the, the, you know, the, God, the divine family. Okay. Um, Zechariah 14, we're going to move quickly through this. 14, 16, come to pass that everyone who was left of all the nations who came against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship their king. That's what we're already doing. Last year, we came up to worship the king. Here, at the feast, some of us, we went to other feast sites. Okay, we go to worship the king. We go to, to fill our joy banks full. We, we go to look to a time that is not like this time. It's a time so totally different, even so much that, that he wanted the children to grasp the idea if you can play with deadly snakes. Ugh. But some kids like that. Okay, that's for you over there. You know, now lions that eat straw like an ox. Now I am going to tangle with a lion, right? Every now and then I like to get on the sofa with three or four pillows and just wiggle in amongst the pillows and get comfortable, you know. 
and watch a Super Bowl game if it's going to be a good one, whatever, right? <clears throat> but I want to do that with a lion, you know, with, with good breath. I, I don't want a lion with bad breath. I want, I want a lion that's got good breath, maybe perfumed a little bit, you know, and, and him just purr in my ear and, yeah. See, so he, God's got a little bit of everything for everybody. It's going to be an incredible world, unlike anything that we, most people would believe. You say, well, lions won't be like that. They'll have a different set of teeth. Ah, you're dreaming. You know, no, God promised it. It's going to happen. Verse 18, oh, verse 17. Both 16 and 17 say, to worship the king. Who that? That's Jesus, right? And then verse 18, there's a plague if you don't come to the Feast of Tabernacles. Verse 19, there's punishment if you don't come to the Feast of Tabernacles. So in four verses, it says, Feast of Tabernacles three times, and it says worship the king two times. And, and it's, you know, it's a picture of, see, I don't know if anybody here, if you've got a really good picture of this, I'd like to hear it later. But, but you know, it's, it's like everything is going to be fixed. Right? Most all of us here have got something we'd like fixed in our life. He's gonna, it's all going to be fixed. And then we won't be thinking about Oh, I can't stand, or I can't sit, or I can't whatever it is, or my this hurts, or my that other thing, or, and I got a shoulder that goes out if I get too too wound up here. Anyhow, so you know everything will be fixed, and it won't be us that we're concerned about improving. It'll be all the people, because the world will be shredded. The you know the population of planet Earth, I think, is in some places they suggest it's going to be down like ten percent. You know, and it's war-torn, beaten people, and they are looking for rescue. They're like the refugees coming into Europe out of, out of Syria. It's like, we want to live. We want a safe place to be, and that's our job, to help them find that and get in amongst that and do that. So, you know, whatever way you can picture this time of worshiping Jesus in Jerusalem, hang on to it and build it and treasure it and expand it and share it with other people and talk because God's listening and he wants to see if you're really going to get into this program and treasure it and love it and share it with other people. And, and you can tell your neighbors, oh, it's going to be so fabulous. And they go, I think you're nutty. Oh, yeah, maybe so. But it's in the Bible. And I can show you if you're at all interested. I can show you where it is. It's in the Bible, and it's going to happen. And God promised it. So whatever you're thinking, if you can see it's promised, going to heaven when you die, sorry, you know, it isn't there. This is this is factual stuff right and most of them go you don't know nothing it's like okay see you in the next life <laughs> most most people are not sure what their next life is all about so he says consider him verse 3 of hebrews 12 consider him who endured you know <coughs> such hostilities from sinners right picture him on the stake looking out on the crowd of people that he loved who were intent on killing him right lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls Right, now, the opposite of these words, the opposite of become weary and be discouraged is having a bulging joy bank. Right? There are a few people I've known in my life, they were just they were a joy bank on wheel, on feet. Right? They'd come through the door, you'd hear them laughing down the hallway, and it's like, oh, so-and-so's in the building. You know? It's like, oh, you know, they just they just even though they were suffering in agony and pain, they were just radiating joy. It was just like you know, <clears throat> it was fabulous. I wish, I wish, wish we could all be like that. But anyhow, we got, we got. Most of us got to work at it. So he's saying, you, the reason to look to Jesus is so you don't become weary and discouraged in your soul. And and you know, if you dwell on what's happening in the news and you dwell on the future of America and where it's headed and where it's likely to finish up, it's like you can get depressed in a heartbeat. Right? That's that's why God wants you to take eight days out of your year. And, and come and listen and see scriptures and be reminded of the scriptures and talk to one another about scriptures. Romans 8, Romans 12, 10. Be, okay, this is how they want us to learn to live, which if we could all do this, we're all pretty good at some of this, which is why you're, you're nice people to be with for eight days, right? But, but, you know, he sets the bar, the standard really high. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. Help those who are struggling to have a good feast. 
not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, fired up, get your, get your joy bank to where we can almost see it popping out of your ears. Like, boy, you're full of joy today. Oh, man, I looked at a, a treasure in the scriptures this morning. It's just so exciting. i got to tell somebody. Oh, all right, tell me. You know, <clears throat> not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient, persevering, enduring in tribulation. This is, you know, this is the antidote. This is the, this is the $50 bills in the thing because when you run short and you really have to go get that tire fixed on your car, you can go pull it out of, there it is. You've been putting away, now you pull it out. Okay, he's saying rejoicing in hope, enduring in tribulation because it's coming. I love this definition for hope here. It says to anticipate usually with pleasure. Is there anybody here anticipating the first Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem? Are you anticipating it with pleasure? <gasps> Bring it on. Get it here. I can't wait. It's like, well, we've got to go through the tribulation. Whatever it takes, we've got to get it here. You know, Jesus wants us rejoicing in anticipation with pleasure and preparing for the race that's set before us next year. And said, lay aside, in Hebrews 12:1, lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. If we're not, if we're not getting the treasure out of the word, we, word, we can look into the world and we go, oh, that looks interesting. I might try some of that. Let us run the race with endurance that's set before us, looking to Jesus. You know, <clears throat> not the fake Jesus, but the true Jesus. Where do you see the true Jesus more than anywhere else? Right here in the book, right? And, and generally, when you're alone and quiet and all by yourself, and you don't have other people saying, well, if you were a better Christian, <laughs> well, that's really helpful. That helps your joy a lot, doesn't it? You know? We're all trying to be better Christians, you know. So how are we supposed to be running our races? With endurance, looking to Jesus' joy promises. He wants us joy machines, right? But if we don't plug it in, if we don't recharge our cell phones, if we don't turn on the app in our cell phone, we're going to be normal human beings, aren't we? Have, you, have, have any of you been a normal human being sometime this last year? Yeah, that's easy. Man, that's easy. It's like, push that joy bank out of here and let's just be normal. Anyhow, God was very happy with the feast in Nehemiah's day, Nehemiah 8, 17. The whole assembly of those who returned from captivity for 70 years in Babylon made booths and sat under the booths and they didn't keep the feast since the days of Joshua, the son of Nun. And then, I love this verse, and, so, and there was very great gladness, right? So, okay, Wow. It could have just said there was gladness, couldn't it? Could have just said, and they rejoiced. Right? It could have said there was great gladness. That would be sufficient, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? If you wrote in scripture, there was great gladness. It's like we'd all go, wow, man, they had a good time, didn't they? But it says there was very great gladness. It's like this is bigger than most of us can grasp. This is what God is looking for and it gets excited about. Also, day, from, day by day, from the first until the last day, which is what we're planning to do here, he read from the book of the law, the scriptures, the teachings of Jesus, and they kept the feast seven days, and on the eighth day there was a sacred assembly according to the prescribed manner. So, like charging up our cell phones, Jesus wants us filling, <coughs> filling up our joy banks day by day, talking with each other, making friends, getting telephone numbers, texting to each other, whatever it is, to encourage each other in our race for the next 12 months out ahead so that, God willing, we can come back to a feast site, this one or somewhere else, but, but, and rub shoulders with God's people because he's listening to what they're saying. So um, <clears throat> Peter, I love Peter. He's so human. <laughs> now he got better, you know, but in the early stages he was so human and that was kind of exciting to see. Anyhow, he... Uh, he had phenomenal success, Peter did, right, when, when he continued to look to the eyes of Jesus, right? And Peter walked on top of the raging sea. This, I, I want to see the video of this. Now, surely it's on Facebook or someplace, right? But I want to go see this video because this is something else. Peter, crazy guy, leapt out of a perfectly good boat in a storm. And says, I'm going for a walk. You guys can stay here in the boat. I'm going for a walk. I'm going to go see Jesus. Right? And he interestingly got out the side of the boat, which was where Jesus was. He didn't get out the other side. He got out the side of the boat. 
because he was heading towards Jesus, right? <clears throat> and the raising. And while he had his eyes on Jesus, he was super successful at walking on the raging water. Verse 28 of Matthew 14, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, nice, simple, come, come on, get on out there. So he came down out of the boat and he walked on the water to go to Jesus. So where were his eyes at this particular moment? Where was Jesus looking? He was probably looking into the eyes of Jesus, wasn't he? It's like Jesus just said, you know, I'm out here in the raging waves. Come, you know, come. So, <clears throat> anyhow, then uh, verse 30. <laughs> the story goes downhill from here. Right? <clears throat> and when he saw that the wind was boisterous, right? Okay, what had he been seeing before? He'd been seeing the eyes of Jesus. He'd been seeing Jesus in the boisterous storm, walking on the raging waves. And, you know, are they... You know, they're bouncing up and down, aren't they? I mean, or is the water going up and down on their ankles? You know, I mean, picture this. Anyhow, they're walking towards each other, and Peter got out of the boat looking at Jesus' eyes, and Jesus is looking at his eyes, and they're walking together, and he's fabulously successful. And then he starts to look somewhere else. He saw that the wind was boisterous, and he was afraid. He became afraid because he was no longer looking at Jesus. And that's what I'm saying in your joy bank, uh, joyous words from Jesus that are absolutely true but they're not true now they're true in the future and you're going into the future and when you get there into the future they will be true more true than you can imagine how true they will be right so and then I love this this is worth exploring in some later tape beginning to sink have you ever seen your children in a swimming pool beginning to sink You've got to have a high-speed shutter on your camera to see them begin to sink. Anyhow, Peter began to sink, and he knew he was beginning to sink. Lord, save me. You know. Okay, so after a few more comments, <clears throat> I want you to listen to a joyful song that I've come across. It's a worshipful song by Ray Boltz. It's a song picturing our worship for King Jesus as John saw it in the book of Revelation, but as we will see it when that time arrives. It's, it's, a, you know, it's just beautiful, it's worshipful, and, and I just, when, after a few more comments, I just want you to, to sort of sit back, drink in some treasure from the words which are from Scripture, take a few chunks of it and put it into your joy bank, and determine that from here to the end of this festival, you're going to talk to the brothers, you're going to learn, you're going to get treasures out of scripture, you're going to put chunks into your joy bank so that next year you know you've got chunks of joy in the bank. You just got to go to the bank and get them out. So, <clears throat> anyhow, if you, if you listen closely to the words, you'll, you'll see why this song moves me so much. In Matthew 14, 13, oh, we did that. Okay, by looking at our joy bank, joy bank concept of Jesus' joy. Remember, he says, I want my joy to stay in you. And I want it to slip out and slip away. Now, now, how easy is it for money in your bank box to slip away? Boy, we've all done that, haven't we? Okay, so he wants us to keep it close. He wants it to be refreshed. He wants us to find that treasure. So hearing each other speak, we can be filling our own joy banks for the race that is set before us. Jesus had a race set before him. Paul had a race set before him. Each one of us has a race set before him. And we can fail. We can fail. The parable of the sower says a bunch of Jesus people, true Jesus people, fail. But if we keep the joy bank concept going and we keep getting treasures out of the scripture and we keep worshipping Jesus and reading something Jesus said and saying, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want to be like that. I want to do that. I want to be there in the Feast of Tabernacles in the city of Jerusalem, the first Feast of Tabernacles for the, for the whole thousand-year period. And so back to Malachi 3.16, he says, For those who feared the Lord, they spoke to one another. I think the old King James says they spoke often one to another. And the Lord listened and heard them. So, friends, Let's worship King Jesus during this Feast of Tabernacles 
praying that God will look down from heaven on us and say, they had very great gladness. Crown. And praising 